Yeah. Yo, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear is a huff a puff and Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his songs about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Hello and welcome to the Wolf and Owl uh, Boom. Boom, I'm in bed Well, two things I need to talk about One, I'm in bed in a hotel room Yeah Because I'm filming which, which hotel are you in? I'm in, oh, I won't be there by the time this goes out I don't want people turning up at the window and stuff well, hopefully uh, not, because otherwise Harry it's a Styles problem. Flex. Um, I'm at uh, the Hilton in Houston. Oh, yeah. uh, but I forgot my mic. Living that nice life. Mic, so I'm recording this on a laptop mic. So apologies for sound quality. Um, but but well, but yeah, but okay. then context. Tom's sound is shit every week, and he never apologises. So you know, my sh- my sound has got better. Uh, JT said how how incredible it is. Yeah, I, I say that. I say that when I was a maths teacher, the kids that had improved, you know, and they're really awful for such a long time. You have to give them something, don't you? Well, yeah. I mean, it's nice to be picked up. Is um, what's going on with is Paris Hilton still uh, involved with Hilton? Hotels, well, I didn't know that. Oh, uh, I don't know. Is the honest answer? Isn't Paris Hilton like? Isn't it turned out that she's actually really? You know, like she did that show with Nicole Richie, and they sort of like yeah, yeah, wandered yeah. around, sort of being. When they were yeah, best friends. being like sort of... They were almost like the... They were like the first run of us, wasn't, weren't they, in a way? Like, that was... They were the first sort of two best yeah, friends. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of... I, I suppose it's about time we admitted this. It was that dynamic that inspired this podcast, actually. And it inspired our whole working relationship. Yeah. That sort of... You know, that sort of odd couple flex. Who would you say you are, Paris or Nicole? Uh, I think I'm Nicole. You know, yeah, sort that. of Harris yeah. is the kind of bigger personality, isn't it? and Nick, Nicole kind of plays off the, off the front man, if you like. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But also, you know, mate, Nicole is Lionel Richie's daughter. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's pretty cool that you're Lionel Richie. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. you delivered that like it was a revelation. I, are you saying sorry? It'd be a great thing to be Lionel Richie's daughter. It would. It absolutely would. Or his, well, yeah, but. You could actually be Lionel Richie's son would be pretty cool as well. Yeah, if any of his kids. Yeah, any of Lionel Richie's kids. Yeah. What What do you think would be, What, what do you I, think would be good about being one of Lionel Richie's kids? Just out of interest. Oh, well, I think for a start, like when you get to school, uh, uh, and, and all the kids go, and all the kids as, as you walk in, all the kids go, "Hello, is it me? Is oh, it me?" And you're like, oh, shut yeah, up. Man. Come on, then, guys. And then, Every yeah, day with this. And you, but, can you stop doing it as you punch me repeatedly, please? That would just, it would just make my school up. Like, oh, what a feeling <laughs> when we're dancing on the ceiling. <laughs> it would be like an amazing, like, just imagine waking up and he's just downstairs cooking like pancakes and just singing. Well, actually, I had. I had it's a, like, wow, listen to his voice. I had, a sim- I had a kind of an experience a lot like that because I did. Do you remember that show? I don't know if they still do it. I don't think they do. Live at the Palladium. Do you remember that on ITV? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got I got booked to do the stand-up for that. And, uh, well, I'll give you an insight into that. If you're the comedian, basically they have all these singers and, like, musical groups and stuff like that, and they get put in really nice dressing rooms. It's because you're a comedian and you turn up on your own. They essentially put you in a cupboard. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah, and, uh, that's, uh, the way. that's the comedian's yeah, way. But, 
don't get me wrong, you're at the Palladium. I'm not complaining about that before anybody ats me saying I'm an ungrateful, out of touch prick. I am, but for different reasons. But they, so they, they put you in this cupboard and I'm sat in there just sort of looking at my set because the set has to be squeaky clean, which always makes me very nervous. Yeah, you know yeah, because I mean? you're quite, a, you're a curse merchant, aren't you? Like well, swear. I do swear, I would say I swear too much on stage yeah, and yeah, off stage. Yeah. But, but, but yeah. not, obviously when you're normally doing stand-up, even if you're doing Apollo or a show like that, you're not that worried about that. They're kind of, you know, it's fine. That's what's expected. But at, when you do at the Palladium and when I did big show, you know, they, they are very clear about the fact that you've got to be clean as anything, do you know what I mean? And then there's a slight... Yeah. And, yeah. and then that makes you obviously want to walk on and say first word, do you know what I mean? That, you, but you, also, the, the thing about it is I found the Apollo even harder because you get, like, what, three swears? Yeah, and, and, and I think that the rules are if you say motherfucker, that has to be escalated to the to the commissioner or something to, to justify it. And then if you say I think that goes to, like, the yeah, head I, of BBC. I think it might go to the Queen. Do you know what I, mean? I had a routine with yeah, about she built the Queen and that said the C word, and I had to lose them both. Jesus from my Christ! Concert. I mean, need to give that a bit of context because that sounds absolutely <laughs> no, 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 too different. <laughs> Very too much, two different routines, yeah, yeah. my dear. Jesus two Christ, mate! So go on, um, um, take us through. You're at the so Palladium, I'm at the Palladium right? and I turn up and they put me in this cupboard, which is far, absolutely fine. What's your turn up wear, by the way? What? What? Pardon? What's your turn? Obviously, on are we talking? Is this Romesh? This was. This is an interesting yeah. thing. I was backstage at Newcastle the other night, and I had a poster of you uh, on the wall, which I always find actually quite refreshing, and it really pushed. Like I always look at your posters, and it makes me feel like fires right, me up okay, to go. Yeah. I'm going to do do right. do my G proud tonight. Yeah. Um, but it's very much the. I look at pictures of you now, and obviously. You're like you've had your glow up. You look amazing. You look fucking incredible at the moment. But like this is like the I'm talking the blazer and the buttoned up well, shirt. Well, do, do you know what that was? So you're, that must have been the irrational poster. Which two things yeah. about that irrational yeah. poster. One, I yeah. was in the latter stages of my blazer and button up phase. Uh, yeah. I think soon after yeah. that, I moved out of it. Um, yeah. Although on that whole tour, that's what I wore. And um, were well, you wore that outfit? Not that you? exact outfit, but blazer and shirt. Right. Do you know what I mean? And it's it, yeah. and I was of the. Basically, I remember thinking I look good, and now when I watch the Irrational, I don't obviously I don't watch the Irrational special. I'm not a fucking narcissist, but like w whenever I see clips from that, I always think I look. I, I, in my head, I look so, so different to how I actually looked. But um, the other thing I'd say about that poster is I went to Andy Hollingworth. It, uh, I think it was in Manchester, or I can't remember where the studio was. That I went to, but I'd it was really cold that day, and I'd worn a woolly hat, and I that. And then I took the hat off, and I had really bad hat hair. And then we just used that for the poster. So, if you because oh, yeah, it is noticeably a bit scruffy the hair. Yeah, and that's just because I just literally got there, took my hat off, took my coat off, and then we started doing the photos. So I, I don't know why I chose well, to not have my hair sorted out before I did the poster. But I mean, it, what I would say is both uh, a bad decision on the at the time and a bad decision now to retell that story because it has no merit whatsoever. Mm. But what can you do? So no, but but what, but the point was was this when you're playing the Palladium? Is this the were you in the Blazer years? That was Blazer years, yeah, yeah. And also, what I would say is even when I moved past Blazer years, I still didn't know what to wear when I was required to be smart. Do you know what I mean? So I'd still go yeah, default yeah. back to that. So I was still in the Blazer years. Yeah. So I sat in there probably just with the blazer on the hanger. Just, you know, looking in the mirror, saying things like, there's vomit yeah, on his shirt, vomit on his shirt already, mum's spaghetti, you know, shit like that. 
And then... Pair of jeans, pair of Essex trainers, yeah, yeah, yeah. if I remember right yeah, yeah, all right, mate. Um, oh, you're giggling to yourself. You like that one, didn't you? A little dig, little body blow. I'd love to see you as a boxer, because every time you get a shot away, you'd start giggling to yourself, so proud of what you've done. <laughs> I reckon that's how you get knocked out. You, you get a good shot in, you start laughing to yourself because you've done so well, then you just get sparked out. <laughs> I um, uh, So I was, sat in the, I was sat in the dressing room, just in the mirror, sort of hyping myself up. You can do this, Ramesh. You can do this. You're the man. Also, I, I don't really do any of that. But... but um, I do that. Well, I, I, no, I don't do that. I, I, find, I, I can't... I don't, I don't do that. Yeah, I, I do the thing that um, uh, Mark Wahlberg does in, uh, in uh, Fire. Get up at 4 a.m. and eat 47 eggs. No, no. Right. When he goes, you're Mickey Ward, you're Mickey Ward, you're Mickey oh, Ward. Yeah. You do have to do a bit of that, don't you? Yeah, yeah to psych yourself yeah. up. If you're going to give a performance, yeah. I find you have yeah, to you sort have of, to of a vibe. a bit in the zone. Um, anyway, I was, I was doing whatever I was doing in the dressing room. And then I just thought, oh, God, they're playing Lionel Richie. Because uh, I could hear it coming through the thing. And then I realised that he was actually just doing his rehearsal on the stage. Wow. I actually had the Lionel Richie pumping into the speakers. Did you go out and watch him? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I, was requ- I, was oh, re- no. I was required to stay in the cupboard. So... Wait, they put you, you weren't even allowed to go and watch Lionel Richie? No, in, look, with those things, you kind of have to leave those people alone. Do you know what I mean? So I sort of, sort of did that. I, I, I don't... I'd have loved if that ended that story because I was expecting it to be sort of like you walked out sort of like to the side of the stage... And sort of just to watch him before you sort of warmed up and he was sort of like singing like, you know, one of his songs, I can only think, oh, you know, of two of them, um, Dancing on the Ceiling and we've done the other one, Hello. Well, we've done um, both. I know this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can't think of it. But he's doing one of those and he looks over and you're sort of standing there and then he sort of goes, hey, who's that guy? And then they're like, oh, that's a comedian. Sorry, he shouldn't be here. And he's like, no, no, it's okay. Let him hear me sing. And he sort of sings, and it inspires you to sort of like get fired up and sort well, of like, as he walks. Pro- stuff like that, it, I don't find it inspiring. I, I, I find it a horrible insight into how untalented I am. Do you, you know, you see, like I remember, like when I was doing when I did my first Edinburgh, I yeah. um, they did this Mervyn Stutter's pick of the fringe, right? And I and, right. and what it is is like, I don't know how they decided. Who the fuck is Mervyn Stutter? By the he way, was like, he was like an Edinburgh legend, right? What did he do? He just, I, I don't know. I think he was a comic, but he like, but like, he would like, they would curate this show at Edinburgh where like, I guess he'd send people out and they'd pick people to come and do five minutes at that show. He sounds like the emperor in his new clothes, this fella. Well, it was actually quite a good, like if you were not No, that, no I could imagine it is, but he, he's like, we don't know what he's done. And he, all of a sudden he's got Mervyn Stutters, basically everyone's like looking to get picked by him, but no one yeah. knows who he is. Yeah, okay. Like Gatsby. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if... Being Mervyn starts pick of the fringe was one of your sort of life goals, and it's not happened, and now you will become embittered. But well, I mean, that's what you, until you, that's said, what you sound until, like. Until you said his name, I've never heard of Mervyn Stutter. Right, Mervyn Stutter sounds like fucking like a third, fourth fucking rate character in a really, really shitty old film. Okay, well, I mean, you've really gone in quite hard on somebody who about a minute and a half ago you didn't know existed. No, he might be a nice guy, but I'm yeah. just saying he's yeah, well, name... doesn't feel like you think he might be a nice guy. No, I mean, I'm so, just somebody saying, emails never... in, you want to fucking go out for dinner with them and make them part of your household. 
This guy that, whose name I've just mentioned is selecting me to perform at his show. He's suddenly a fucking prick, according to you. No, I'm just saying, can I just say this, right? Yeah. He just feels a little bit like he's up himself, just from the way that you've described him. For, because of the setup of Pick of the Fringe or whatever, yeah? Yeah, yeah Mervyn yeah. starts Pick of the Fringe. And I'm like, oh, who's Mervyn Star? And you're like, I've never, I don't know what his, his background is. Uh, as far as we, you know. Let's have a look. He's just like this wealthy old sort of like, sort of. He know, seemed like a nice. Seemed like a nice guy. But did you actually meet him? No. Sort of you didn't sort of, meet him? I think I met him. I can't remember. It was like 10 years ago. Uh, our team of arts... Say, oh, I don't, I don't actually know if Mervyn Sutter exists. What do you mean? So it's a fake name? No, I don't... Oh, no, he does, he does, he does. Mervyn Stutter. The longest running fringe show. Hmm. So basically, he's got a team that go out and watch shows and they pick people to come and perform at Mervyn Well, it's not Mervyn Stutter's um, pick of the fringe, is it? It's Mervyn Stutter's... Comedian, like... songwriter and actor. Oh, God. Well, why is that bad? I, I'm, not having, I'm not having Mervyn Stutter. I'm not having him. Also, he's so well, lazy... there's an article here saying if landlords stay greedy, they'll kill the Edinburgh Festival. That's the kind of thing I'm on board with. I think he might yeah, no, be that's cool. That's, no, he could be a decent guy, but I'm yeah. just saying... Well, well it doesn't feel like this... you think he could be, Tom. You, you just literally right. said I'm well, not what I'm saying about it. Mervyn Stutter yeah but it's Mervyn Stutter's pick of the fringe it's not really his pick of the fringe is it because it's Mervyn Stutter's and his well, gang well I, I imagine he's, you know who he sounds like it's Fagan he sounds like Fagan he's just sending out his little sort of like well, pickpockets I, 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 I imagine what's happened is he started off being him and then it got a bit of a reputation and he thought Do you know what this is what a possible story for it is Tom is that he right. started doing it on his own. The fringe got bigger and bigger, and he thought, this is unfair. I'm only able to get to a certain number of shows. And so there are some people, there are some performers that are probably getting neglected and ignored, and I'd love them to be part of the pick of the fringe. So how about I, I decide to hire a group of people that can be more far-ranging and get to more shows so that we give everybody an equal chance of getting into the pick of the fringe. And he's put himself out there, and he's put... A t and then... And now, you know, he gave a, 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 I was about to say young, not young, younger Ramesh Ranganathan a break on Pick of the Fringe. And he's done a really decent thing. And that argument... Yeah, but I knew you had done loads of others. Or can I just say devil's advocate, right? Because I do think that this, we well, have very, to be balanced not, on this you podcast. You've not just been devil's advocate. You've been in his fucking pocket, mate. Kissing his <laughs> ass at the moment. This. What if... Uh, what's the other his name? is Mervyn Stoppard, right? Stutter. <laughs> Mervyn Stutter. <laughs> I don't, I don't right. know. Why are you chosen to repeatedly be so disrespectful about this guy? I'm not being disrespectful. I'm playing... Right, no, right. There's a part of me that thinks this is all very Edinburgh, right? Yeah, of he's, course he's it is. He's had a couple of good years, right, where he's up there and he's doing well for himself, right? Well, he's been, doing, he's he's been he's going himself, since the 60s, I think. But anyway... Okay, all right. Well, probably in about 1977, I reckon, he's probably earned so much money from this, his show, which he doesn't even... He's got other people doing all the heavy lifting. Oh, right, cause he's driven So he's then just turned around to his little... Gabble, he's sort of like slowly got this sort of like people around. He's like, oh, you know, I haven't got to do anything. Off you go, you, you know, and I'll just do the big show. And, mate, you know, you've got to be careful. About what? About getting an opportunity to perform at this big show? No, what? no, I think it's good that you've got an opportunity. Right. You've got to look deeper than that, mate. What do you mean? What the possible... What you should have said is, oh, like, what's the score with you, Merv, mate? Why? What's the score with you, bro? Why, though? Well, just to find out a bit more. Like, yeah, but what's the possible negatives of doing that? Peel the orange, mate. Look beneath the core. Pe peel the orange and look beneath the core. If I peeled just an orange got... and there was a core, I'd be going, what the fuck's going on with this orange? <laughs> I think I might have got myself an apple. <laughs> I'm just saying, mate, that, yeah, licks can be deceiving, so, yeah.
But anyway, go on. You were doing Mervyn Stoppard's. Mervyn's Mervyn Stoppard's Pick of the Fringe, okay? Okay, okay. So so I just started. It was my first He, editing. by the way, sounds like the sort of show at the Fringe. Mervyn Stutter, and he's like this wacky character sort of doing a stutter. He no, sort of... he didn't do that. He didn't do that. Okay, okay. I'm okay. just saying. So anyways, Mervyn Stutter's Pick of the Fringe. And my, sh- I was trying to get some, uh, I was delighted to be picked to do this Pick of the Fringe, right? It was, a, you know, for yeah. somebody just starting out, doing his first yeah. Edinburgh, it was actually a great opportunity. And arguably what Mervyn Stutter does is a, is, a, is a great service to people that go up there and ply their trade at the Edinburgh Festival. And too many people sort of hate on that. Do you know what I mean? And I, I think I'm not saying I hate you. I'm just I, saying, I wasn't saying you. I wasn't saying you, but you've obviously... I'm just saying that he feels a little bit like, you know, like when, I don't know how it works, but when people sort of like find a new, like, country or something and then they just make themselves king yeah like sure. He, yeah sure yeah sure yeah yeah he's a prick yeah i get i get what you're saying yeah he, he's a prick for picking out performers and giving them a showcase at the thing you're right well mate yeah but, but the trouble is it, it's all about mervyn uh, stutter and what he thinks it's not well it's not we just it? established that he's got a team of people <laughs> so have you got a problem with him having a team or have you got a problem with him doing it himself i'd love to know i don't know just i, I... you're fucking <laughs> flip-flopping all around this argument mate I, I, I think it I think it's a bit of both. <laughs> Is it right, okay. A bit of contradictory both. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead. No, you make perfect sense. Um so anyway, it's everybody does five minutes each, right? And it does boost your ticket sales because like people are looking to see what they might want to go and see. Anyway, before I went on to do my shtick, yeah. um there was a, a, a like a shadow puppet theatre on before wow. me, right? It was unbelievable, right? It was unbelievable. And I'm not saying this is a faux humility because a lot of people, if there is one consistent piece of criticism about this podcast that we get on emails and stuff is that we're too hard on ourselves yeah. and we're also too hard on ourselves about what we do. So I don't want you, I'm just telling you that this is my personal experience in the moment, okay? I stood there and I watched the Shadow Puppet Theatre. <laughs> just thought. Is that the one with one X Factor? I know, um, British Got Talent. Like that. Do you remember that? I don't think it, it, it was like that. Yeah, I don't think it was that one. But I watched it and I remember just thinking, what, what is it you do, Ramesh? Like, th- th- this is amazing and requires training and skill and they're telling a beautiful story. There's some of the best, there's like five of the best minutes of entertainment I've seen in the last year. And you're about to go on and go, what's the deal with petrol stations? I mean, what the fuck, man? It, it, it felt so exposing and awful. Right. I think you're, I think, I, you know what? I, I'd have brought into that a little, but I know now how hard it is more than ever to to, to cultivate what we do and make it like to, for you to have got on that stage at that point in your career, which is very early, is is something incredible, and that is a feat when you think of all the different things that are up there. And as, although I'm, you know, being a little although bit harsh, you hate Mervin Stutter, yeah, Mervin Stutter. I mean, Mervin Stutter never going to yeah, get you on, hate right. But there's a yeah. part of me that does respect the fact that he's doing that and he's picking a young butt like you, you know, bright young squirrel like yourself who's sort of like, he's seen and gone, oh, fucking hell, like, he might have something. I want to put him after the shadow puppet. So actually there's a part of me that respects him, but also there's a part of me that's questions him. So that's what I, that's, I can't change that about me. No, you can't. Yeah. 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 I'm always you can, listen, that listen, that's your opinion for life. You formed it about three minutes ago and that's what you're sticking with forever till the day you die. <laughs> And I respect that. I Talking about Edinburgh, that. actually, weirdly. Um, so I was in Newcastle kicking this weekend. Yeah. And, you, um, apparently, based on your responses and your Instagram, you had absolute smasher gigs, did you? Newcastle uh, is an incredible, I've got to say, absolutely adore that city. What a city for 
it's comedy. But anyhow, great gigs. Thank you to everyone who turned up. But um, one of the like, so when you're in New, have you have you been to Newcastle and gigs? Right? Yes, yeah, been, have, yeah. yeah. Only film gig. I'm, I'm, re- I'm a regularly touring comic. Tom, I've been to Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, what I resent is you talking to me like you've discovered Newcastle. Okay. <laughs> like Mervyn Stutter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> discovered Tom Davis's show. pick of the country. Um, as a tour where he sort of talks about talks about different towns you might not have heard of. No, go on. Newcastle, Liverpool. No, he's been in this place called Manchester. Um, so I was bowled um, up to the high street on Sunday with a little bop about. And um, were you on your own like, in Newcastle, or did you take the family? Oh, no, I was, no, I was on my own in Newcastle. Yeah, it was me, Gratz, Big D, Big Dennis, uh, who's a sweet, sweet soul, Dennis. Yeah. Um, so I'm suddenly gonna, pissed off that you've got the same tour party as I. Yeah, well, not for long until you fucking start touring, and then they, they'll leave me, and I'm left with some fucking other hanger on. <laughs> I literally lose the A team and end up fucking. But like Murdoch takes control. <laughs> Murdoch sort of works with you. Yeah. By the beer. way, shout out, shout out in advance to whoever takes over Tom's tour. <laughs> uh, I imagine, I imagine they'll, I imagine they'll, I'm going to get to know this guy. Let's see what he's about. Then listen to this episode where you're fucking going in on him. Do you know what? I hope it's Mervyn Stutter that's doing <laughs> yeah, it. Amazing if it was Mervyn Stutter. <laughs> Doddery old gent <laughs> with a monocle. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm bowling up the High Street Newcastle and um, yeah. there's like a street show there um, and the street is like one of the biggest street shows I've ever seen it's called The Stunt Runner it's incredible like this guy jumps through fire he jumps through like hoop of knives and and, uh, and he's really really sh- I mean it's a, the, sh- the show goes on quite a long time before he actually does and arguably what he does for the show is actually almost he builds it up so much, it can't really... Well, he's, com- try, he's, trying, to, he's trying to get a crowd. He's, yeah, he's trying to get a crowd. He's yeah. trying to earn a living, but the actual... But fuck him, is that what you're saying? No, yeah. no, no. But the actual sort of feat itself, it, he probably needs to sort of, you know, cut it down by about five minutes, okay. five to seven minutes, you know. The actual the actual show? Yeah, because the show goes on, 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 on an actual, the, the feat where he's got to jump through these three hoops, which is pretty cool, but it only lasts for about 25, maybe not even that, probably 20 seconds. So, oh really? Yeah. Jesus! I thought you were about to say minutes, seconds. No, no. So literally, okay. he runs through three hoops. He jumps through three hoops. Um, okay. So I sort of like, as I was walking past, I was at a, sort of a lost for anything to do. So I sort of leant on a wall. I'm sort of watching, and he encouraged me to come and stand um, at the front of the. Oh, uh, God, you got picked out. Yeah. So he stood, and then sort of, so I had to stand at the front. A few people complained, so I sort of moved back and let some families yeah, in. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, Anyhow, he does his thing, right? He does his shtick. Uh, and like street performers now aren't, it's not, no one carry, I haven't got cash on me, but he's got QR no. codes, right? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So I tip him a tenner on a QR code. That's very nice, Tom. That's very yeah. nice. Yeah. No, but he doesn't see me do it. So what happens is I tip him the QR code, the tenner, I turn and make my merry way, and then he starts bebopping and fucking scratching around fucking people, like, and sort of almost insinuating. I'm one of them. The people who haven't paid who've watched his show, but I have paid. So I sort of turned around to him and was like, "No, no, I have paid." And he was like, "All right, mate, whatever," sort of thing. And he got quite aggressive. And I was just like, "No, I have." So then I found myself going to a cash point and getting out a ten pound in cash to walk past him when he was doing the show again to have to watch the show most of the show again to then put ten pounds in his hat. It was an insane situation. Why, why did you do that? Once you'd walked away, you know you've paid. So what's happened there is a little bit of ego's come out there, right? Because 
You've paid the £10. What you yeah. could have done is walked away knowing that you've done that. You've got away. Yeah, but he doesn't go that. He's going to turn around to... He'll go down to the Yeah, but that's, that's the point go. I'm trying to... Oh, guess who's in the crowd today? You know that fucking oh, guy. Oh, so you're worried about... You're worried well, about... Well, he knew who I was. He clearly knew who I was. Right, okay. And he kept on, like, sort of, like, catching my eye and sort of, like, giving me a little wink as if to say, I'll oh, wait till you see this feet. And I was like... I'm oh, genuinely really excited by this. Like, really, like, you yeah. know, good luck with I it. I imagine it created quite a buzz around. I imagine he had more people. Once the word gets around that Tom Davis is having a look. No, I mean, a lot of people that didn't know who it was. So, sort of, you know, no. I started saying that I was, you know, we were struggling to sell tickets for that second night. So, I think I sold about five cash in hand. <laughs> did you have a, <laughs> did you have a wad of tickets in your back pocket? <laughs> Just, that's that's why secretly I was up on the high street at that time, just fucking flurry for my show. Flurry like you're doing the nothing, fringe. Mo- nothing more fucking demeaning. Yeah, I don't know if you're stand up. I don't know if you're in a stand up comedy. We've got a little thing going on this evening. Worse than standing on a fucking cold, wet Sunday morning in Newcastle with a fucking pocket full of flyers. Yeah, to that's a venue that you've been to a venue that someone's insisted that you do that you genuinely you've struggled to weaselly sold out one night. Thank you all for paying by the ticket and coming. We didn't buy tickets. You gave us one on the high street. No, but I was so, I was just, uh, I was like looking at this. Yeah, so I, I felt bad that he wouldn't, you know, and also I was like, I wanted him to know that I, I thought his show was worthy of, of payment. Right, okay. Do you know what? I take back my uh, my insinuation there. Because uh, some, sometimes, that's... like, you know, in, in what we're talking about, going through everything we've talked about so far with, you know, Mervyn Stato and Lionel Richie and the Shadow Puppets, and the stunt runner, you know, and then being a comedian is like we know someone's in, like enjoying the show through laughter, right? If you're the stunt runner or even Lionel Richie to an extent, it's hard it's if you're really, not getting that a laughter. Really, it's a really so, good point. It's a so really actually, good point. him seeing those shekels sort of falling into his his hat is a moment where he goes, "I oh, thank you, you did enjoy yeah. it," and it's more than you the money. Very beautifully put, actually, Tom. Well done thank to you. you. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Although, do you ever... Oh, I'm about yeah. to be self-deprecating. But there's just sometimes, you know, like, you, when you go and see a music... I don't, how many music gigs do you go to? Well, I've been to a few in my life. But yeah, when do you, yeah, yeah. So oh, we probably go to three a year. Right. So about the same for me, I'd say. About three or four a year, right? Yeah. And um, when I do go, I'm always taken aback by the response that musicians get. I mean, it's just like... They have... You know, particularly when it's artists that like people have grown up listening to, or that a particular song means a lot to them, the response that they get from an audience is unbelievable, isn't it? It's just like yeah, it is. But I'm going to just say something because I like you. I'm trying not to be um, well. Uh, listen, deprecating. Look, look, so, so, yeah. but, but well, I will say this, right? Yeah. Imagine, right? If you you could tell the best jokes you've ever told in a greatest hit scenario to then get into a new material, every type of tour you did, right? Imagine you could go, right, this is the material that's killed and it's always killed, right? Out, out, for example, or, you know, some of the best comedy routines. For us, once that tour is done, it's gone, right? So whenever you go and watch great musicians, at least, I'd say, the first two, three songs are bangers that we've heard before. Before they go, oh, this is some new stuff I'm going to play. With every yeah, new, like, yeah. gig I've ever been. Yeah. And then you're so into the vibe, and you go, oh, fucking, this is amazing. So for us, but you know, we finish a tour. The tour goes where you know the special might go up or whatever, and then you've got to go right. Well, fucking hell, I've got to start again. You, you haven't got the the beautiful thing of being able to go. Yeah, right, do you know what? Fuck. You know what? Fuck musicians, man. What an easy. Oh, you're right, Tom. Actually, 
No, I was jumping on. I was jumping on. Yeah, so no, no, I, I don't want you to start like a fucking big war with musicians. But I would yeah. say that that's the thing. That's they're the, yeah. They're the, that's, that's what's sh- so great about Mervyn Stutter is he does songs and comedy. So. Yeah, I'd love to. I actually, this part of me is going to definitely spend most of today just looking if I can find any footage of this guy. <laughs> I, I can actually picture him exactly what he's like. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you know, his uh, velvet fucking jacket and. Smoking a pipe with his big yeah. rings on. Uh, well, I've got two bits of news for you, Tom. Hit me, boy. Uh, news bit number one. I've got a new tattoo. Yeah, I, know, I saw since it. I last spoke to you. I saw it. It's always B.I.G. on my arm. Where is it? On your arm. You've got to nearly have a sleeve now, right? No, I'll put it on my other arm. I, I've got sort of almost. Can you see that's almost? Yeah, yeah. Not, it's not a sleeve, but there's a lot going on there. But yeah, the but space, you... that the empty space is winding me up now. I think I'm going to get that all filled in. All right, we can have done. Do you think, do you, I'm 45 years old. Do you think I just need to give up on this? In, yeah, but you know, the tattoos. trouble is that I saw your biggie tattoo and I was like, oh, man, I really want, uh, I, I've been holding off on getting it. Just don't get a biggie tattoo. No, I get a biggie. I'm not a copy. I'm not that pathetic that I will go and show a picture of your biggie tattoo and go, I want to be like Romesh. Um <laughs> I'm not saying you'd say that, but I, everything else about that story, I, I believe you do. No, I, I've been thinking about getting like Jared Bowen lifting the, uh, you know, like when he scored. Oh, uh, that's a great yeah, idea. Yeah. I th- I've, I've ever thought you need to look more thuggish. <laughs> I thought that, or, or like, um, like I, what I would love is like your handprint on my left shoulder. Yeah, I'd like love, to, I'd love you to get a tattoo of Nolsey battering the shit out of those fans at the semi-final. What a great name, Nolsey. <laughs> Good old nosy. Uh, <laughs> picture the cameo. Um, um, but I want to shout. But listen, I've pa- I paid full in full for the tattoo, so this is not an ad. But uh, just want to say thanks to Paul Boxer, who who uh, at Brothers in Arts, who did the tattoo. Right. So the lot. So he did it, mate. Honestly, I had to sit for six hours. Right. Yeah. That's how long that tattoo. What do you do when you're sitting for six hours? You watch something, or do you just chill? Uh, well, I chatted to him for most of the time. To be honest with you, um, wow. I took a leaf out of your book, Tom. That's good to hear. That's you good know. To hear. Because yeah. normally, normally when I'm getting a long tattoo like that, I take a book or something. And I thought, do you know what? Tom Davis wouldn't do that. Tom so Davis, would, yeah, so we'd good. a chat. Yeah, got to know each other. You know, yeah. it's very nice. I love, uh, they all, you know, they all love you, by the way. They all love you, by the way, in there. Oh, well, uh, yeah. I might yeah. just pop in there and see him. Yeah. Well, he's fully booked up, mate. But Yeah. But, um, you know, what I don't want you want is wandering in there with a photo that you've just taken from Instagram, just going, I'll have one of those, not my brother or whatever. Just please don't do that. No, no, I'll, I'll take in a picture of Jared Bowen scoring a goal or Nolsey. Nolsey, you've got to go Nolsey. I love it across your back, just the vista <laughs> across your mighty shoulders. All the fans queuing up and Nolsey just at the top of the stairs. That was, a, that was an amazing thing to watch, wasn't it? Oh, it's insane. And then, and then, and then like, sort of like, it's such a, a, a weird mix of feelings because you sort of go this man is being celebrated I mean what he was doing was protecting people yeah he's protecting like, families and kids he yeah. was, he was, yeah. it was incredible it is a mad standing mate we, we, we talk about Hodor like he's like this amazing character this is like the real yeah. life Hodor yeah that is true actually that is yeah. true in many ways yeah no you're right the amount of grat- gratis that we turn around and give uh, Sean Bean in uh, Lord of the Rings but when it happens in reality it's such a different thing well, I mean, it's a, a couple of things. It's a misuse of the word gratis there, uh, which is slang for free. Uh, and also, I, I don't, I can't even remember a single time when somebody gave Sean Bean credit for what happened in Lord of the Rings. Mate, would be, Sean would be Bean the two, is... 
Sean Bean's character is the most underrated character in that movie. As soon as he's gone, I'm out. Basically, he, he fucking... No one even talks about him for the rest of the movie. It wasn't for him that the movie would have been fucking 40, arguably better, but 40 minutes long. Yeah, but I, th- I would argue that Lord of the Rings would be a lot worse if it was just the rest of it was just a lot of chats about how great Sean Bean was. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, can we just get, what, no, guys? Can we can we stop what we're doing here? Listen, I know we've got to get this ring to to Mordor, but can we just have a sit down and have a chat? How well did he do there? That that was unbelievable. <laughs> I would love that kind of thing in a film. I think that's what films lack. Is actually Frodo going? Oh, just quickly, uh, Gandalf, get some drinks out. I'm gonna make a toast. Just if without without him doing that by the side of the river, we'd have all been fucked. And that we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, after... I, I would, argue, I would say that I don't need that film to be longer. No. Jimmy, you know I mean? so it's, it's going to have to. I'd, have, it's, I'd have cut round it to make that scene. I'd work. have taken out some of the truth. But then, actually, stuff. what you realise is Frodo's just a fucking user anyway. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> he is. Everyone's like sacrificing for him, and he never says thank you. They're not sacrificing for him. He's not going to make himself personally wealthy. He's been tasked with fucking saving. Mid-earth. Yeah, but, mate, if you can find me one bit where Frodo goes, oh, actually, mate, well, you know what? That was a decent thing. Gandalf, when he sacrifices himself, it's like Gandalf, what he first thing when he comes back and he's now Gandalf the White, he should have said to Frodo, it's like, oh, oh fucking hell, you're back. I thought you were dead. Yeah, um, you know what, Frodo? It'd be nice to have actually had some nice words rather than you just sprinting off. Listen, and just... Frodo was fucking running around Hobbiton just trying to live his life, and then suddenly he's got this thrust upon him. He didn't want this. Mate, Frodo was thirsty for a fucking adventure. Let me tell you that much. I've never seen anyone in my life as thirsty for an adventure as Frodo was. Okay, that's incredible. Because I'm talking to somebody who's much more thirsty than Frodo for an adventure. So... (laughs) (laughs) You're the most adventure-thirsty person on the fucking planet. I'm just saying, mate, just fucking, yeah. That was a good life lesson for me, is just watching Frodo. Mm. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, if, anyone, uh, if anyone didn't want to go on a mission, it's poor old Sam. Yeah, that's true. I do think Samwise Gamgee doesn't get enough credit. I mean, didn't get any credit, and he didn't guy. fucking. No one even remember. Is Frodo? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm not even Frodo. I'd say Frodo Baggins is in my fucking top, bottom five fucking most annoying characters. Yeah. Ever, Number four, ever. Mervyn Stutter. <laughs> Stutter. Stutter's fucking in, in it about two at the moment. Yeah. And then the other thing is, is that um, the Swan and I oh, renewed our vows at the weekend. Oh, I love this, bro. I mean, you know this, but yeah, a lot of it's are, an amazing thing. It's an amazing. A lot thing. of a lot of people uh, asked if you'd use the downstairs toilet, but unfortunately, you're in Newcastle. Not unfortunately, fortunate for the for the downstairs for the people of Newcastle, uh, and fortunate for my downstairs toilet, you weren't able to make it. I was devastated um, not to make it. By you were very much missed. I was we, devastated. We, Absolutely. We raised devastated. a glass to your absence. Did you really? Yeah. Oh wow. It, look, yeah, can I just say you I and actually, Lisa? I actually asked the DJ to stop the music. I said, "Can we just hold on a minute?" Because there is one person. Mervin Star. Uh, I was like, "This better yeah, be good." Yeah. Like there's him, one, per- there's one person. Mervin Star pushing his comb yeah. over back over his head as he's dancing yeah. with a couple of your aunties. I said, "I said, hold on, hold on, DJ. Can you just stop this?" Yeah, I know everyone's up on the dance floor, but I just need a moment to just wow. reflect on somebody that isn't here with us tonight. And then somebody said, your dead father. I said, no, we'll come to him later on. That's, I, I want to talk about this. Tom Davis. And everyone went, cheers wow. to King Gary, Murder Successful, Judge wow. Ramesh. Toasted, and then somebody toasted. said, let's not talk about Judge Ramesh. That's one of my lesser favourite bits of his work. And then we carried on. It was, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful moment. 
Wow, that's really not. Did anyone film mm. it? Or was it no, no, no photographs. Just Can I say, you and Lisa, take, take my word for it. You and Lisa looked absolutely stunning. Well, you I'd did. say Lisa did look. No, you look. You looked. Those pic. Can I say right? You should do more pictures like that because those pictures show the side of you that I adore. You're just having a good time. You're cutting loose. You, you are, no, but you, there's a cheekiness to it. If ever I've seen a picture and gone, that should be your album cover. They're them. Mm. Uh, well, I would say, as you know, Tom, as I, I managed to keep my stray eye in control when I'm sober. Yeah. But when I've been drinking, it sort of gets a bit wayward. It's almost like my eye gets pissed and it's just like, yeah. I'm going to have a look over here. And that's mostly to the side. Yeah. And so what tends to happen is early photos of me at a party are okay. Later photos of me at a party are not the most flattering. There is one photo that a mate of mine sent me from the party quite late on where he and I are looking down the barrel of the camera. I say I'm looking down the barrel of the camera. I'm looking down two barrels of two cameras that are complete, almost at 180 to me. Uh, it's fucking unreal, man. I look like a cartoon character. I can't believe I, I might stick it up on Insta. My, my eyes, it's like they're trying to escape my head. Well, it's, both of them, I just want to... Mate, both, what, for, I don't know what happened. Maybe it's sort of elation, happiness, plus the drink. But both of my eyes have gone... Uh, they basically, it was like my eyes hated each other. I wanted to be as far away from each other as they possibly could. But also, <laughs> like, I think there's something quite joyous about that. I think it shows mm. that you relaxed. And you, and you yeah. let you, you let any worry go. And you just felt yeah. there was a moment. Do you know what? I no, don't but I, I, and I think, I think you know what? It's... I was devastated not to be there. Also, it's like the guy, because Dinesh, uh, your brother, was meant to be supporting me for those two nights in Newcastle. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah, so, and I will say that, uh, yeah, it was it was dark going not to have him there because he did a sterling job in Stanford. A lot of people shouted yeah. him out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's a good guy. Did he enjoy himself at the party? He did enjoy himself. He was a bit, he was sort of a bit moody. What? Uh, most of the night. And I went up to him and said, you're right. And he goes, yeah, it's just... Um, I'm supposed to be on duty tonight in Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. And I said, just try and enjoy yourself. He goes, it's difficult. You know, I've let, I've let a, a legend down. And I said, look, just try and buck, you know, just try and keep your chin up and let's try and have a nice night. And to be fair to him, towards the end, he managed to sort of rustle up half a smile. <laughs> but I could tell he was... Mate, I, I saw some tell pictures he of Dennis. He was fucking absolutely getting loose and bandy. <laughs> he was set. Mate, it, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I was just mm. gutted I wasn't there. I we would, you know, if I was there, I'd have sung for you. I think. Yeah. Well, well, Beckett was there, and Sean Walsh was there. Well, uh, way to make me feel even worse. Uh, Catherine Ryan was there as well. Yeah, actually. and Bobby. And, yeah. and they they all had they all had tour shows, but they'd cancelled them to be there. Uh, and uh, they've all finished their tour around your big <laughs> night. You told me so late on about this thing as well. So, do you know what? Listen, I don't mind you fucking making some shit up. Right, but like you're fuck. You might be the fucking second person I told you, little shit. <laughs> I reckon you might have known about this before Lisa did. I think I did because you did say not to tell Lisa. But as if it had been anywhere else, I'd have been there with a heartbeat. Yeah, I, there was a part of me that wanted to just turn up, like sort of, you know, like Tom Hiddleston in that famous story of him turning up at his old uni. Yeah, you heard that story. Just rocked up, and then you would have done a, a tight twenty. Yeah, guys, me and Mervyn started if I'd gone, you and me must make a pact. Mervyn hit it. We must bring salvation back. Yeah. What made, you, what, made you, what made you do that? What, that song? That was unbelievable. You just bopped into that straight. 
That was incredible. I don't know. It's, it's, it's the song that me and Mervyn decided to, to sing. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, um, you know the um, you know, you know the other thing, right? Yeah, go on. With with touring in. I ended up walking to, when I was walking to Newcastle, and this is, I actually ended up getting my own, you're talking about, you know, the tattoo guy. As I was walking to Newcastle, I started chatting to a guy, I asked him for directions, because I don't like to use my Apple phone sometimes, I think we get to, even today, like trying to turn my laptop on became a bit of a thing, so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to walk and I'll find my way. Uh, And I got lost. Um, And uh, so I asked this guy, I said, where's the main high street? And he sort of was like, oh, it's here, it's here. And then he started giving me a bit of a guide. So, so, so hold on, can, can I just get, so you, you did have your phone with you? Yeah, yeah. Right. And then you got lost. Yeah. And then you thought, because I've set this rule up that I'm not using my phone, I'm going to ask for directions. Yeah, but that's, that's what, what rules are, right? That's what rules become. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm just trying to get into your Yeah, so, so basically in my head, I'm like, I don't want to just have my phone out looking at my phone for directions. I want to see... Yeah, you want to I'm take going. in the... You yeah, want to I want take, to take in, in this be- yeah, incredibly yeah. beautiful city, that beautiful city that's, you know, at the centre of industry for this, you know, it's beautiful for so many consoles. So, oh I... God, you really did have a good couple of gigs, didn't you? It's <laughs> disgusting to listen to. <laughs> so, I walk, so I walk in, I get myself a little bit lost, um, and I turn around to this chap, and I'm like, hey, man, um, uh, would you know where the high street is? And he said, I can do you one better than that. I can show you. Right, I'd walked quite a long way away from the high street from where the hotel was. Right, I was staying at our old favourite, um, where we stayed for King Gary. Um, You're fucking joking, aren't you? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the funniest thing? Gratz ended up in that cruddy old room that you had. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. Is it? It was. It's on the fifth floor, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it's funny, isn't it? We make a man away from his family. I'm talking about both me and Gratz now. Not that we have the same. I didn't family. do anything on this one. Flo had put the rooms. Flo and Antonio right. had put the rooms. Yeah, I'm sure you had a little chuckle, didn't you? <laughs> no, when he said to me, "So my room's really cruddy," I said, "I think you've got like it's almost known as the Romish room." Anyhow, yeah, I digress. Um, <clears throat> I'd got quite a long way. I'd basically taken a right out of the hotel instead of a left. So. Um, no, a left, yeah, right out of the hotel to the left. Uh, so I basically sort of got myself a little bit further away. So this guy then, instead of just showing, like giving me directions, which also is, I find, fucking insane when people give you directions. Because I remember like the first two bits, follow that road, take a right, and then after that, yeah. I just can't remember a thing. Uh, which is amazing to think that that's how people used, when when you got to a, a town years ago, someone go, oh, just go up there, then do a right, then do a left, then do your third left. Do you know what I mean? It's like mad to think, of remembering all of that information. So oh, it's, it's incredible the things that dazzle you, isn't it? Anyway, go on. <laughs> and he then gives me a guided tour to the high street, which was lovely for like the first sort of 20 minutes. And we sort of chatted. And after about 20 minutes, and we were nearing the high street, 25 minutes, it was sort of, it became quite sort of like evident to me that he was now with me for the, probably the rest of the day. For the, mm. Like there was no getting rid of him. Like, I went. I popped in to sort of get a milkshake. He came in. He watched. He was your. He was your wolf in many ways. <laughs> you prick! <laughs> You're so happy with that. You're so happy with that. <laughs> you fucking rubbing your feet together. Um, 
So, yeah, he came in like, I went in like five shops, he came in with me. One of the shops, I thought he'd, he'd gone. And then I sort of like walked around the shop for a bit and sort of then sort of came out the front and he'd just been waiting outside and he'd got a cigarette and a bottle of water. Um, yeah. So I ended up like even watching some of the, some of the stunt runner with him. That was a, probably, I think that was that time that he just sort of, the second time we went back to watch the stunt runner was the time yeah. that he was like, I can't do this again. But you, I was like, how do you like, I, I, I enjoyed his company for a bit, but then I was like, I don't quite, I've, this is, I've not spent this much time with anyone socially now aside my family for a long time like for ages like this guy's now been with me for nearly an hour I just can't but I cannot believe this now do you know why you have to take your phone yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean now I'm thinking right well, I probably won't do that again no because it, it got to the point I imagine I he's like, probably thinking similar even when I had a phone call he stood by me just sort of like you know not even looking at his own phone just stood, stood by me so I was just standing there with him just sort of like staring at me sort of like I was like oh if you need to get off and go somewhere he's like no I'm all right. And at one point, this is no joke, Ron, he said, I wasn't even going to come into town today. Oh, God. <laughs> so he's come all the way into town, and then we're just, yeah. I, yeah. And this is, this is actually, this is the kicker of all kickers. This is the worst bit of the whole story, I think. Go on. Because we've now spent... I, I, I'm amazed that we haven't heard it yet, but go on. An hour to him, right, with him. At the end, sort of towards the end, there's a sort of like, no, so he's sort of going to make his sort of way away. I said, oh, by the way, you know, I'm performing in town. So if you want, I could get you a ticket for all your help. God, this is so <laughs> tragic, Tom. And he turned around and he went, no, nah, I'm all right. <laughs> oh, thank you. Can I just say, whoever that bloke is, can I just say, I hope you listen to this. I just he, say, doesn't, thank he doesn't. You, he didn't know Thank you so much for doing that. That is the best possible outcome to that conversation. Because I was wearing a wolf and owl hat, he didn't. And I, he he was asking yeah. what it was, and I was sort of trying to explain to him, but he didn't get his head around it. Yeah. So he's not a fan. I mean, he might listen. This might be the first one he listens to. Yeah. 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 I actually think as well that he was just helping out. He was just a guy helping. So yeah. Maybe yeah. It's just a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, it's, it's a really nice thing. But um, well, you've sort of made him feel like a bit of a hanger on and a sad bastard now. But <laughs> listen, we all make our choices, don't we? Tom. Yeah, we're going to try and do another episode, aren't we? So, yeah. do you want to um, do you want to let do a little ting ting and take let us me out? Smash it, let me try it. Let me hold. Yeah, this week, this sweet sweet week, I had a few days away from the two people who are most special to me, not Ramesh and Lisa, aka the Owl and Swan. Who, by the way, I want you to just close your eyes and just, as you're listening to, smile and think about love and think about how important it is and think about those two people combining to make. Such a sweet, sweet life. Now, as well away, I was away from my wife and my daughter. I felt a weirdness uh, in those couple of days where I just sort of almost felt that I needed nourishing. I needed to sort of be around them a bit more. And it sort of hit me that sometimes, actually, I sort of almost take for granted when I am around the people that I care about the most. I sort of maybe don't invest enough in those moments. And actually, I end up just doing other things and not actually just focusing just on the smallness of quite how important it is to feel nourished by the people that you love around you. So here's one for you, people. Spend a little bit of time today, tomorrow, and going forward in surrounding yourself with good people, people that put a smile in your face. And remembering, although there's other things, other ways of getting a little happiness in your life, nothing compares to being around people you care about, and more importantly, care about you. 
Remember, friends, family, loved ones, they are the true wealth in a life that can be otherwise slightly... Oh, man, what's the word? <laughs> Neglected? Neglected. That will do. Yeah. Thanks, okay. people. Uh, there's a song uh, that's beautiful by the way thank you sir Uh, there's a song that came out on the new Post Malone album that reminded me of how I felt in my lowest moments it's a bit of a sad song but I love it so much it's called Don't Understand so JT can you play us out with that please Uh, Wolves and Owls we will see you next time thank you so much for listening bye bye Why you like me so much Cause I don't like myself I don't understand Why you like me so much Wish I was someone You say you got a million reasons But I can't think of one If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.